Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. In today's episode, my favorite time of the week, Clark Stinks. Later, Kristen and I have a funny story to share with you about car rentals, and there's something I want you to do before you show up at the rental counter. It will save you big time. So... You come to me expecting advice on a wide variety of topics and questions. And so it's my job to be both a generalist and a specialist at the same time. There are times, though, that the advice I give you hear is incomplete, um, thoughtless, or not on target. And that's why I need your feedback at clark.com slash clarkstinks. So when I answer a question, give advice, give an opinion, please, if you feel that it's out of line, please let me know. Or our dog, Winston, Your dog thinks she will make sure that you know. <laughs> so hopefully, Winston, you will have your turn, but just chill for now. Come on over here, Winston. Okay, so she finally calmed down, Krista. Okay, all right. Well, let's get going. Here we go. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. Okay, I'm going to start with Raina in Virginia. Thank you for the info about updating my bank account info for my gym membership. I belong to an affordable gym, which I assume is the same as yours. When I logged in to update my info, I noticed the option to pay with a credit card. I now use a credit card to pay much safer than a bank draft. That is a great suggestion because the default at a lot of uh, fitness centers is an automatic draft from your checking account, but it is an option at some hidden when you sign into your account that you can switch to a credit card, which gives you far more protections than allowing that draft from your checking account. So always ask, and then even if you're told, no, you can't use a credit card, go check on your own to see if you can, just like Raina has done. A listener said their credit union was no longer working with PayPal, and they asked what was the cheapest way to send money overseas. And you didn't suggest cryptocurrency. Come on, Clark. This is currently the number one use for these digital assets, and they are by far the fastest and cheapest way to transact overseas. Stop giving antiquated advice. The times are changing, and you need to catch up. You said the times are changing and that we are all in the final era of banks still being able to take some of the money being sent from one country to another. But this is only true because you are still directing people to keep paying them for this outdated process. Did you see Bitcoin is now officially legal tender in El Salvador? 
When will you open your eyes and see the time isn't in the near future? It is occurring right now. Josh. Josh, thank you. And I appreciate your passion and belief in cryptos. And I think cryptos are fine, except the values are not stable. So, yes, it is the uh, easiest, most friction-free way to transact overseas. But the values move around so much that you have to be prepared that that could be a much greater cost, the movement in the value of a crypto, even within the same day, could be potentially a much larger cost than the ripoff fees involved from sending money from one country to another. I believe that eventually you are 100% right. Today, I'd say that you are partially correct. You don't stink, but you missed a chance to emulate your usual high level of providing information. A listener said their neighbor lost a sale of their home due to a positive test for radon gas. Radon kills an estimated 20,000 people per year in the U.S. due to lung cancer, according to the EPA. You could warn listeners about this risk. If a neighbor's house tests positive, test your own house. There are methods to reduce the risk. William. William, thank you, and that is great advice. You know, when I was answering that question, you're right. I answered it very linearly in terms of, the individual who was worried about it costing them a sale of a home. And your life is obviously more valuable if a neighbor has a high level of radon gas. You're right. There's a risk that you do too. And having it tested and having the risk reduced is something that would be great while you're living in the home. Clark, it might be time for you to learn something today. As an owner and a user of two Blink camera systems with multiple cameras, I was a bit confused by the caller who was given a Blink camera system that came with a $3 a month subscription. I don't have any subscription fees for my system, so I did some digging and found that they do have an optional subscription plan that I had never seen before. It looks like it just allows you to store pictures and videos for up to 60 days in the cloud and then also be able to share them with others. But instead of telling the caller to return the stuff to her parents, why not just cancel the subscription? It's not forced on anybody. Robert. Robert, thank you. That is great advice. A lot of the camera systems now, the only way you can have them and have access to the video is to pay an ongoing subscription. And you're correcting me on the blanks that you don't have to pay the subscription. Appreciate it. As a geriatric millennial, I can't help but laugh at Clark when he goes off on tirades about the cost of coffee as a convenience and experience or the dangers of modern payment tools. But he loves to say that spending money in cash means you feel it more because of some old research survey. I've always had online banking since the late 90s. I've had Mint since day one. When I spend on my credit card, I see it immediately and get a notification when it's a large purchase. It gets auto-sorted into the appropriate category. When I have cash for whatever uncommon reason, I buy whatever it is with it because it feels free. There's no accountability for it in my apps and budgets. Times are changing, Clark. Sean. Sean, thank you for that. And I'll tell you, it does not feel antiquated to me that if somebody has had a problem controlling their spending and at a payday they take out actual cash, and that cash has to last until their next payday, and they see that cash dwindle, that there's a behavioral thing with it that you don't have with most electronic methods. 
you have been able to make electronic methods work beautifully for you. You have uh, fully automated the process of controlling your spending. That makes you an unusual person. Most people don't go to the steps that you're doing to make sure you control your spending. And it is a lot easier to pay electronically, no doubt. But I have found historically, and I know to you it seems like it's from prehistoric times with dinosaurs only taking payment in cash, but <laughs> I do see that there's a behavioral benefit to people who've had trouble with controlling their spending to go to strictly cash. Clark, my husband Steve and I love listening to your podcast together. We have three little girls, a four-year-old and twins that are two. When we're on a road trip and need the girls to sleep, we put on your podcast and they're asleep in minutes. <laughs> Thanks for all of your good advice and a big thank you for putting the girls to sleep. Gratefully, Mindy. Oh, I love that. And, uh, and my ability to lull people into sleep is not habit forming like taking a prescription med for sleep. And it's perfect. I mean, Krista, don't I remember many years ago, one of your kids fell asleep with one of my books on top of Well, them? I sent you a picture. Claire was sleeping and I put a book on top, open book on top of her. <laughs> so yeah. So, so I have the ability to put any child to sleep in just a few minutes with the written word or the spoken. <laughs> Clark, you stink. You talked about how overworked doctors in training are killing patients. You have no idea what you're talking about. You don't know nearly enough about physician training to speak on this topic. I'm a supervising physician at one of the largest academic hospitals in the country. And you saying that I'm allowing my patients to die because of lack of adequate supervision is profoundly offensive. They have studied this and found it not to be the case. In fact, decreasing work hours led to more mistakes because of more frequent sign-out from one physician to another. Physicians care deeply about our patients and already train into our 30s. Extending our training further due to cutting work hours is an awful suggestion. You really should stay in your lane, David. David, thank you for that. And every time I've ever mentioned this through the years, it has brought about sharp, strong opinions from doctors, including where people who are in internships have talked about how difficult it is for them to stay focused at about hour 20 or 25 of a shift. To me, it's always smacked of being some form of hazing. And, you know, you're right. I am not a medical professional, far from it. And you work right in the midst of it and I respect what you're saying, that I'm out of line on this topic. I just think about any human being, when you keep them awake and keep them on the job for too many hours, their efficiency declines, their focus declines, and maybe for some reason that's not true with doctors, but I don't know how that could be. Clark, I completely sympathize with your position on getting couples to slowly acclimate to each other's financials through time in marriage. Having been a person that fell victim to financial infidelity shortly after marriage, I understand the pain it causes. My only critique on your opinion is that, Clark, couples should be aligning financials, working on budgets separately but together while leading up to marriage. That way, when marriage comes, there isn't a surprise at the, in the first place. 
Just my two cents, Spencer. Spencer, you are so right. And I talked to a member of the clergy who, when he does premarital counseling, one of the big things he brings up that the couple will uh, kind of uh, move around uncomfortably, uh, shuffle in their seats, is when he brings up the issues of money that turns out that so often couples don't address it. And your idea of having it as a topic of conversation may not be particularly romantic leading up to a marriage, but your timing is completely right. If someone stopped you outside Costco and asked to borrow your phone because their phone battery died, would you do it? I probably would, and guess you might also. But what would you do if they told you they needed to make the call in private, say inside the Costco bathroom while you wait outside, and you'd be you'd have the phone back in 10 or 15 minutes. I don't think either one of us would say okay to that. So how is that different from handing our phone to a police officer so they can see our driver's license during a routine traffic stop and they go back to their car with phone, with our phones for a while? Aside from giving them the potential access to everything on their phone, there's a segment of our population that use their phones to record interaction with police officers and forfeiting our phones will deprive them of that option. I appreciate the efforts of you and your staff, but I hope you reconsider your enthusiasm for requiring digital driver's licenses on our phones. Bob. Bob, thank you for that perspective. I truly appreciate it. I should give an update to what I said about the digital licenses. Uh, There was just a report that Apple is uh, working with state uh, driver's license bureaus in the 50 states to try to have Apple be the standard for having digital licenses for the purpose of implementing it in a way that protects people's privacy. Who knows how that's going to play out if it's just Apple trying to get more people into their walled garden. But the points you bring up are things I had not considered, and I appreciate it very much. And I want you, if you hear something from me that sounds like I'm missing part of the picture or you feel I'm just plain out to lunch, please go to Clark.com slash Clark Stinks and let me know. And coming straight ahead, Krista and I have a funny story and a great tip for you if you're renting a car. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Krista recently went to a dude ranch with her uh, oldest child, her daughter, Claire, and a friend of Claire's, and flew into Denver, got to the rental car counter, and was confronted by a three-hour-plus line to be able to rent a car. Never seen anything like it. Well, I had, which is why I talked about this, about two months ago on the podcast is that I was in an airport where the line was all the way down. It was one of those common rental car centers. The line was all the way down the hall and then back to a staircase with people waiting to rent cars. So it's not that they were 
necessarily short of employees. They were short of cars, and the car shortage has been present around the country. So they have to wait for each person to return a car, get it ready, and then send the next person out. So you could lose many, many hours of your vacation after you've already potentially flown across the country. And Krista, you had to get out there because you were going to tame wild horses at this <laughs> dude ranch. How many times you got thrown? None. Okay, no, we ahead, did ride horses, and there were lots of other activities, and I hiked a lot. It was beautiful. I love Colorado. So you really call neat. me, and you say, you're not going to believe this. I'm in this forever line to pick up the rental car. I had already been in the line for, like, almost an hour at that point. And <laughs> what did I tell you right then and there? You were like, you need to join their program, their loyalty program which I didn't think would work because I had rented on like a third party site to get a deal. And so you were like, I'm going to do it for you right now. And you were, your brother Gary was over and you're sitting there on computers signing me up for this program, which is so awesome. And then you sent me my number. I had my daughter wait in line for me. And I went over to where the people who are members of the program can go. And so you and went from a line of, was it a couple of hundred people to second in line? Yeah, it was second. It was crazy. I don't think it was a couple of hundred people in line. It was just they these guys were so slow with each person. It was unbelievable. I've never, I've just never witnessed it before. And how many and minutes so, later were you in your car and on your I way mean, to taming those horses? Like 15. It was really awesome. I was so grateful to you. The girls were like, what happened? Because I was like, buckle up, girls. Better sit down and get the phones out because we're going to be here for a long time before we get on the road. So the key is you don't have to, just like with any airline frequent flyer program, you don't have to have even flown the airline before. When you are renting a car, you join that car rental company's frequent renter program. It's completely free to be a base level member, and it means you get to step out of line. If you're renting from Alamo, you can check yourself in before you even get to the car rental counter and you print out a voucher or you have it on your phone that has a barcode and you never go to a line. You just go to the parking lot and you show the attendant your barcode. They scan it and they say, okay, go take any car over in that aisle or whatever. The key particularly this summer with the vehicle shortages, you don't want to be the person in the three-hour line. You want to be the person on your vacation. And so if you have the membership, you tie it into your rental, you are on your way much quicker. Now, if they have zero, zero, zero cars, then even being a member doesn't get you a car, but it does get you to the front of that line when a car is returned. I remember once I was with uh, my son, and we were at Houston Hobby Airport, and we get to the rental car place, and there's this huge crowd. This is pre-pandemic, and it just happened. They were out of cars, and it was a massive parking lot, and there were like four cars in the whole lot in this massive line. So I had um, I was a member of that car rental program, I went to that line that no one was in. And everybody's looking at me like, why is this guy going over there? And then they hand me keys and I go to a car. I thought somebody was going to tackle me and 
beat me up to take the keys mm-hmm. from me. But this is not something that is improper on your part or unethical or anything like that. It's just the way it works, that the car rental company is a labor-saving thing, wants you to have all your information preloaded. And you do that, and it means you step out of line or to the very front of a line, and you're on your way. All right. Well, we have some questions about car rentals, Clark. Don in Oregon says, I recently rented a car at a hefty price, I might add. I did use the car on a number of toll roads. The total toll amount was $23.12. However, I just received a bill for $113.12 as it included a $90 administrative fee. Is this a common practice among car rental companies? Sadly, this is something that has been an abusive practice of car rental companies for years now, especially in vacation spots that they take advantage of you by running up the bill on tolls. So here's how I handle it. If I can buy a a prepaid toll pass in an area where I know there's a lot of tolls, after I land and I have my car, I go to a convenience store or a, a, a drug store where commonly they will sell a prepaid toll pass reader, and I will register it on my phone, put it in the vehicle, and use it during the time of my rental, and you avoid all the junk fees. In other cases, what I do is I use Google Nav, and you can put in it avoid tolls, and I will take a longer ride to avoid the toll roads. With a lot of the toll readers that are in vehicles, you have to open a drawer that activates that rip-off toll reader. Do not open that drawer. Avoid toll roads, and you avoid the fee. Or do what I've done. Typically, I have to pay $20 to buy a toll reader that I can use temporarily in that rental car. You register it to the tag or plate number of the vehicle, and you avoid all those rip-off fees. Yeah, they offered me this toll transponder for $50 fee, and then the tolls are just the normal tolls on top of it, but I didn't take it, and I didn't drive on any toll roads, but they're pretty aggressive. And speaking of that, Allison, New Hampshire says, I've heard you mention recent frustrations with car rental companies charging tolls to the renter after the fact. I declined toll coverage with my car rental last month and paid cash at all the tolls. I still got an automatic charge on my credit card for $13.95, and had to go through calling customer no service and waiting an hour to talk to someone who did end up crediting me back. But when I asked what to do differently next time to avoid this, she said there's nothing else to do. You just have to get cash receipts at the tolls and contact them when they bill you to reverse the charges. Seems like a scam to me. Allison, (laughs) you are right. It is a scandalous activity. A scam is when something becomes illegal Potentially what the car rental agencies have been doing with tolls is, in fact, literal highway robbery. And Marjorie in North Carolina says, I have a 30-year term life insurance policy that expires in 11 years. I'll only be 70 at that time, so I'm looking into not renewing it as my only child will be 50 when it reaches its term. I'd rather take the annual premium and invest it for my retirement since I'm short on retirement funds. What would Clark advise? So... 
if your only child, I mean, way into adulthood is okay financially, you don't really have an insurable need. So you could take that money instead the next 11 years, let the policy lapse, and go ahead and put money towards your retirement. You also have the option of talking with your child and see if your child would like to keep this policy in place. And then your child could pay the premiums for the next 11 years. There may even be a procedure with the insurance company where the ownership of the policy could be changed to your uh, only child, and then they would have a tax advantage potentially and being the owner of the policy if you did sadly pass away in these next 11 years. So just keeping it or dumping it may not be the only option. It may actually be something that your child wishes to pick up those premiums for you because they are the beneficiary of it. And Bill in Wisconsin says a coworker of mine helped a friend buy a car by co-signing and put $12,000 down. Subsequently, her friend refuses to make any payments on the car and is racking up parking tickets. Because of this, my coworker has inherited all the financial responsibility and had to take out a second mortgage to make ends meet. Is there anything she can do to get out of this? Krista, how many times have we taken a co-signing call that Mm. it was something that all went perfectly? Never. Never. (laughs) Um, Co-signing is a very, very dangerous activity because you have the full financial obligation without the rights and without any privilege. So it is one of those things that is brutal for your wallet. This supposed friend is no friend at all because they are abusing your coworker because they are not making the payments but driving the vehicle. They're being irresponsible, running up the parking tickets. I bet they aren't even keeping the auto insurance in place. I mean, this is really, really hideous. Your friend needs to, your coworker needs to grow a backbone and go to their supposed friend and say that the vehicle needs to be sold because your friend, your coworker, has done way too much for the supposed friend and she is being abused to the max. Enough money is involved with 12000 down and all the liability from that vehicle that if your coworker gets a big pushback, your coworker needs to go see a lawyer and see if there's any kind of court motion that can be filed that will get her out from under being in this untenable and potentially dangerous situation for her wallet. Ugly, 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 please, please, when you're asked to co-sign for anybody, reconsider. One of the best things is if you have assets, is you be the lender yourself to that individual, and if they don't make payments, you then can repossess the vehicle or whatever the circumstance might be. So if you being the lender isn't realistic, it means you being a co-signer isn't realistic because you're not somebody loaded with money and you're creating something that could be a financial Armageddon for you 
by being a cosigner out of love or sense of obligation. But being a cosigner creates an obligation with no rights. I want to thank you for joining us. Please visit Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com for more money-saving advice you can trust. And you can contact our Consumer Action Center for more one-on-one advice. You can find the hours and phone number at Clark.com slash CAC.